Hi everybody, welcome to Track Talk with Dylan Friebel here on Race Pro Radio. Today I have Cannon Proud, the public relations person at Oswego, and races at Oswego, is that correct? That's correct, yes. So Camden, you know, I'm I am transitioning over to the asphalt side of stuff here on Race Pro Weekly, and I've been to Oswego a few times, but let's just start with you and your history in racing and your family's history. Yeah, so actually my dad and uncle both raced at Oswego, and I kind of spent the first half of my childhood watching them race growing up. My dad started in 1994 in a limited class and moved up to the Super Modifieds in 1998 and raced until 2002. And my uncle Chris has actually been racing limiteds on and off since 2000. So we've been involved in it for quite some time. And when my dad retired from big car racing or semi-retired, I got into the quarter midgets and did that for about 12 years and began racing at Oswego in 2014. You know, what what division did you start in? You know, how was it? You know, take take me through all that. Yeah, we started in the quarter midgets, and like I said, did that for about a decade and had some success there, picked up quite a few track championships, a lot of wins, and began in the small block limited super modified class at Oswego in 2014. We, uh, I think it was the third or fourth race, I finished on the podium, almost won that, and uh, had a pretty solid year, picked up quite a few top tens, and got the rookie of the year, and I ran limiteds full-time through 2018, and at the end of 2018, we came out with our big black super modified, and I've been racing that since. How does it feel to be part of the family team and stuff like that, and to have that dynamic and not have this big, you know, big team like Otto and, and, and the Nicorette guys do? Uh, challenging, nerve-wracking at first because the super modified class, there's so many veterans in the in the small block class or the limited class, whichever you want to call it. That was more so a, a learning class. It was a feeder class from the quarter midgets from and from the cartway, and it still is. That's what it's designed to do. But the super modifieds, it's a whole different world over on the other side of the pits. You, you graduate and move up, and it's all the guys you've been watch and race your whole childhood like you said Otto, Joe Gozik, Doug Didero. It's household names without a doubt and just to be wheel to wheel with those guys is pretty awesome but you got to kind of throw that aside and even though they're some of my heroes you you want to go out and race and be competitive as you can be so it's uh it's honestly an honor and very humbling to get to do it just my dad and I and a couple of crew guys. Yeah, I mean that seems pretty cool. The few times that I've that I've been there, you know, I want to transition into you're in a you guys run an asphalt paved track in a very dirt centric state. You know, you have Fulton, Brewerton, Utica, Rome, a whole bunch of super central New York tracks out there. How do you think you guys survive given that everything around you is dirt, and that just seems to be the way that a lot of local tracks are going? Uh, John and Eric Tracy, I mean, just their their dedication to super modified racing. There's no question that sometimes they're losing money you know you're not making money and that's the same case for much of the short tracks around the area around the country and it's their passion and dedication they pay great purses and pay the bills to keep the doors open and not only them but the super modified fans i'd like to think of us as one of if not the premier asphalt short track in new york state and those fans just keep coming from all over the place all over the country all over the globe to to see these race cars and I truly have been pleased with the crowds and the car counts we've had the past few years. Things have kind of been on the up and up, and it's looking good for 2020 as well, and I hope we can get open soon. 
with everything going on, there's a lot to dig through and a lot of stuff. And, you know, Cuomo just laid out his plan and it, it looks like entertainment is part of the last phase, which isn't exactly what every race fan wants to hear, unfortunately, me included. But, you know, you have a track like Oswego that now hosts two huge events at the end of the year. But talk about the Bug Classic with me. What does that weekend mean from a fan's perspective, from a driver's perspective, and then also from a working perspective? classic is it's just everything that that makes up what a swiggle speedway is it's it's our premier event for sure and to like you mentioned host super dirt week just a couple weeks after that was both surreal at first and also really unique i think we host two of the biggest short track racing events in the country pretty much back to back so yeah the classic is i think the most historic super modified racing event in the country of any kind. It's one of the most historic short track asphalt racing events in the country. From a driver's standpoint, it's just surreal to be a part of it, to stand on the front stretch and hear your name called and wave to the crowd. You got the case of Budweiser sitting in front of the car, and that's a moment that I always had hoped as a kid that I would get to be a part of. Um, From a fan standpoint, I miss being a fan and getting to watch the classic as a fan, but not (laughs) not nearly enough to get out of the car and and transition back over to sit in the grandstands. And from a work standpoint, it's probably the most miserable (laughs) week of my whole year, but it's worth every bit of it. Um, There's a lot of obviously registrations and contingencies and all that stuff to take care of and get the proper information schedules and stuff like that out to the fans. So uh, you got to be on your toes, both as a driver and from the PR standpoint, but um, I guess the party on Sunday night after the race is, is a good reward. Yeah, I got to, you know, hang out with you when you were in the small ball class the one year that I went. I think it was 2016, um, you know, and for me as as a dirt guy going to the classic weekend, it was standing in turn one watching uh, how many start 30, 33, 35. Yep come down into turn one on that first restart. There's there's nothing like it in the world. And, you know, I have to say, even if you're a dirt fan, there's certain events in the world like the Indy 500, Daytona 500, the little 500 out in, I think, Indiana and stuff like that. There's short track asphalt events or just events on, on asphalt that you have to get to. And I think Bud Classic is one of those just because, A, it's sponsored by Budweiser, which is pretty cool in a brand that we all know. But, you know, it's just a sensation. <laughs> Even if you don't get out for the yep. for the, for the the Whalen Modifieds, which put on a good show there, it's to see a track like that. And you guys do host Dirt Week. You know, let's talk about Dirt Week from the perspective of not the media, but what goes into it for you from working for the track? Do you do anything? Are you so detached from it with Dirt Car? What's it like from a track perspective? Um, I'm actually sort of detached a bit from it. I, I post general information and stuff like that, but they actually don't pay me to do the dirt car side of things. Dirt car likes to take care of that, which I'm fine with. Joe and everybody do a fantastic job promoting it. Um, I've enjoyed working with him and and Jeff Hockman and everybody that's involved to get some of the necessary information out, but those guys kind of come in and take over, and it's it's surreal. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming, the magnitude of the event. The back grandstands are just packed. The front grandstands almost as equally as packed. And for a asphalt, a swiggle guy that has grown up appreciating the history of the classic and the drivers and the track, it's just steps outside my back door. And now to have the premier dirt racing event in the country hosted here as well is unbelievable. 
let's transition over to the cars here. The super modifieds have changed in recent years um, in terms of body and stuff like that. What can you tell me about, you know, the first time I went to the classic, they didn't have the wings on the back, you know? So, so what can you tell me about the changes and what has changed and, and how has it affected everything? It, it really has been sweeping changes over the years and the cars have just evolved so much from Indy Roadsters to the rear engine era to the first offset car that Jim Champagne built. Then you had the shovel tail, shovel nose cars of the 90s and the early 2000s. And when the first Aero Super Modified came out, the first Clyde Booth Aero Super Modified, that was the first step in changing the complex of the future Super Modified racing. And these independent front suspension, aerodynamic dependent Super Modifieds have gone into mass production, whether it's Hawk chassis, extreme chassis, and taken over. At this point, if you want to be competitive, you better have an IFS car or some board, some sort of inboard suspension on the front end to go fast. And that's the way I look at it. I think that most of my competitors are with me on that. And the wing change was done to kind of level the playing field a little bit. We have some drivers that run older chassis. And I think what they were hoping to do behind this wing change was to make the cars more equal and take some of those older home-built chassis, maybe even like my car, and make it a little bit more competitive with these brand new $100,000 Hawk chassis operations. And I think it's done that. The other model and the other part of it is that it has brought in some of the ISMA and MSS teams. Um, we had four, five, six join us on weekly nights last year, which was good for the first year. And it makes it easier to just say, okay, we're taking the top point off instead of building a towel section and having to do all of that stuff to run at a swiggo. All we got to do is just take an Oswego wing, get one built for a few hundred bucks, flap it on the car, and go out and hopefully you're competitive. So I think it's done what it's supposed to do. We're going to have to do a few more tweaks to it to get the racing a little bit better side by side. You get behind somebody, and it's a little hairy sometimes trying to pass. So we're going to work on that. But I think for the future, um, I don't know if it was a move that was needed, but um, it's, it's something that's certainly helped so far. It makes sense to get a lot of these ISMA guys. You know, when I went and watched in 2016, it was completely different. You're right. Super Modifieds didn't have the wing on the back. They had the wing on the front. So all these guys have to do is really take a wing off the top and change the tail section. You know, it's not like you're changing over a whole car or building a whole new car. What do you think the biggest advantages and disadvantages are to being the only track in the country that runs these weekly you know big blocks are regional sprint cars and late models are, are, are national but you're the only track in the country that runs normal super modifieds on a weekly basis uh well the advantages i think are just that that we are the only place so if fans want to see the oswego speedway style super modified some still call them non-wings some just call them oswego supers whatever you want to call them we're the only short track race car like that running without the big top wing on a weekly basis. So that's, uh, <laughs> it's certainly something that's in our favor as far as, you know, the, the fans and the, the attention that it draws and, and just how unique it really is. Um, I think some of the disadvantages are the same exact thing. I, all eyes are on us. I think the pressure's on to make the right changes and, the ball is in our court right now. The, the tech guys, Chuck Hanley, the race director, John and Eric, we all want to make the, the correct decisions for the future of this sport. And it's little rule changes like we made with the wing that kind of changed the outlook on what's going to happen years down the road. And you just hope that you're doing the right thing. But 
everybody involved wants to make this deal survive and not only make it survive, but make it better. So everybody that's racing right now, they can have their kids and the kids, kids and cars down the road, because that's how Oswego Speedway has survived. It's a family generational involved kind of thing. So there's a lot of good people involved right now. And we just continue to hope for the best. You know, it's a lot of family. And I noticed that the one time I went for the classic and even when I went last year, it's a lot of family since you guys do host dirt week, has there been anybody that has said to you, you know, Hey, I really want to check this out because I come to dirt week. Yeah, I think so. There's been a few that, that have just come up and seen the place and the big daunting steel walls and the, the concession area on the front stretch. It's very unique where you walk down on the concourse and you actually have to walk up the stairs to go up to the racetrack and the grandstands. It's, it's interesting how it's all set up uh, again, very unique. And it's, you know, it's the steel palace, man. I mean, everybody, whether you like super modified racing or not, you, you know about it and you hear about it and the history. So I think when people come for dirt racing, they appreciate what they're seeing and you get online and we, we try to get our weekly highlights out there and, and I share them in as many groups as I can on Facebook to try and catch the right eye. And sometimes people will say, wow, you know, these things are, these things are badass. I think I'll have to check them out. And Last year, we had Jack Patrick put his car on display at the Super Dirt Week Midway, and I think that kind of draws some interest a little bit. So hopefully some of those fans that came out and saw the car will come to a super modified race. So I, I definitely think it kind of crosses over a little bit. But usually if you're strictly a dirt fan, you're probably not going to come to very many shows unless we're talking classic or something like that, which I understand. Everybody's got a preference. Some of the super modified guys don't dare go to a dirt race. So really all just his personal preference you talked about the concessions i want to talk about that for a second oswego seems to be a little bit different correct me if i'm wrong here but a lot of your concessions are catered by local businesses yeah that's correct yeah so what is your favorite well i we've had dino's house of burgers come in and they're actually not going to be back for for this year but we have skip's fish fry i believe tentatively we're going to bring in rudy's lakeside drive-in as well this year we have camp's pizzeria barlow's concession so they're kind of all unique in their own they're, they're all good there's there's not one even if i was going to text you after the show and say you know what they suck don't go there they all make really good food um and we're lucky to have them there skips fish fry um has stepped up a ton they they sponsor a lot of cars uh, yeah i've had the chance to eat at a lot of these local businesses outside of the racetrack and i have to say that they're fantastic and it's it's pretty they cool. Are, it's are. pretty cool to have a local business come and cater your food. It's not just track it food. It's it's local food. Yeah, they're all heavily involved. Great people, and and we're lucky to have them. And there's like I said, different different kinds of food at every place: snacks, pizza, seafood, cheeseburgers, French fries, whatever. We have all of it, and we're really fortunate that these people are willing to step up and do that. What's your greatest memory on Oswego? What's your, so far in your racing career? What's your biggest man? That was cool. Um, my super modified heat win last year. That was the most unexpected thing ever, I think, in my racing career. And it's not because I was going out there with the mindset that there's no way this is ever going to happen. I can't do it, or we wouldn't even try. But we had struggled so bad with the car that night. We didn't think we stood a chance at all. And it was the first week I got to start up front. My rookie status was removed, so I was on the front row next to a 20-year veteran. I've watched race my whole life, Jerry Kern, and 
we came out of the four and I jabbed the gas and man somehow got the jump on him and led from from start to finish and held off Dave Danzer to to win the heat race and everybody says well it's only a heat race and that's that's true but for our family team it it felt like a feature and just to pull into victory lane and share that with my dad and everybody that's involved it's I'll I'll remember that for the rest of my life. I would say that the Proud family definitely is going to be one that Oswego Speedway will be known for having. You know what I mean? Like that's that's one of the family names. Like like the Johnsons at Fonda. I want to transition into what would you say to a fan that's never been to Oswego? What would you say to them to convince them, or or, or just how would you describe the racing and the racetrack and and everything like that? That's a really good question. People ask me that all the time, and I think the first thing I'd say is just, just do it, just give it a try because you can go to 20 different tracks in New York and see big block modifieds race or 358s or, or whatever, but you can go to one in the whole country and say, I saw a super modified race, the non-wing, whatever you want to call it, super modified race. And just due to that alone, I think it's worth giving a try. I think any race fan period has to respect the history the drivers that have raced there. There's been a lot of dirt drivers that have run there. Brett Hearn and Bob McCready have all raced there in the Asphalt Challenge. There's, there is Super Dirt Week going on now. So I think you just have to have a sense of respect for the facility and, and what it is. And it, it began as a dirt track in, in 1951. There's, there's so much history involved. You could spend all day talking about it. But if you're a race fan at all, come to Oswego because what we have, whether you like asphalt racing or not, is different from anything else you will see anywhere in the country. How hard is it to grow up in a town like Oswego and not be a racing fan? I don't know, because I feel like I'm the, the biggest Oswego Speedway fan ever. I have friends that um, I've known my whole life, went to high school with. They've seen me bring my race car to the parking lot in high school and do a photo shoot and drive the thing around the parking lot and, they're like, oh, that's cool. I, you know, I think I'll sit in my living room and play video games on Saturday night. And I just, I've never understood it because I was born into a racing family. I don't know how people can't like it and can't want to come out and at least just give it a try. Just check it out. So I don't know. That's that's a good question. Um, I think one thing the Speedway has done to get the younger generation involved is offer the kids 16 and under free with a paid adult incentive and I think that that certainly attracted some new blood but that's from a promoter standpoint from a track owner standpoint what we're all trying to figure out in the short track racing industry is how do you get the younger generation involved and that's the big million dollar question unless you're born into it or just as a kid went to races it's it's hard to get into it and you know, I, I speak to some people and they just don't understand my accession to it and why I travel all summer and do what I do. And right. some people don't understand why you spend every Saturday at the track and every night in the garage. You know, some people just don't get that aspect of it. You it's know, and not that's for them. Yep. It, it, it's not. And it's sad because, listen, it's my drug. It's a lot of people's drug of choice. It probably is your drug. It gets you going. It gets you excited. It gets you amped. And, and you know, to each their own, but if you've never given it a try, I would say definitely give any racetrack a try. Not even just us, so we go any racetrack, you know. But definitely, For sure, definitely also we go read into the history. There's YouTube videos on it. I mean, they are literally the only place in the country 
that runs these super modifieds and it's it's really interesting when you get to go and you get to learn because i learned a lot just going twice now that i've gone and you know i plan to go some more um what are you guys thinking in terms of you know i know nobody's racing up here in new york nobody you know what are the challenges you think once you get going how how do you think tracks are going to weigh opening late versus not opening what what do you think with all this i know that you're in the pr side of this all but you know what do you think uh, I think it's going to be a really key time for the fans to get out and support their local short tracks because there's tracks like Utica Rome Fonda nearby that were supposed to open over a month ago already, and that's a month's worth of revenue they're losing. So it's it's a good time to get out when the tracks do open and, and support them. But when is it going to be? I have no idea. I mean, you look at the, the phases the governor has, has outlined, and you can try to make a prediction. and when are the numbers going to go down and, you know, how will this two week period go? Are we going to be able to move on to the next phase? Um, right now, looking at the phases, best case scenario, if Cuomo lifts all the max, maximum occupancy and all those other social distancing bans, then it's probably going to be at least July. I don't foresee any racing happening in June, unfortunately. Um, I hope I'm dead wrong, but I mean, if you if you look at the information that he's putting out there, it's kind of hard to imagine anything happening before that. Based on everything, and it's dependent on region. I don't know if you guys are included in North Country or Central New York. Um, central. You guys are Central Capital District. We're in the same boat. We didn't meet all the criteria, and if we don't, we can't even start to reopen until June first. So, right. e- even for me with my with my normal job, it's literally the middle of June until I'll see work. And that's three months. And, you know, like you said, uh, you, you guys were what supposed to open this month. I think we were supposed to have practice this weekend and opening day next week. So it's weird. It's so weird being here on a week. That's supposed to be the first time cars hit the track and knowing that it's not going to happen. You know, there's places like you said, like Malta, Lebanon Valley, we're supposed to open last month, a month ago. You know what I mean? A month ago yep. this week, they were supposed to open. All right, there's one more topic I want to touch on because you post photos of it on social media, and if you've never been to Oswego Speedways, the sunsets. Let's touch on those sunsets, <laughs> awful Lake Ontario. You know, let's yep. touch on how awesome are they? Uh, they're a pain in the ass when you're driving down the front straightaway trying to see. <laughs> but other than that, if you're a fan or standing on the, I like to go up on top of the tower on the sky deck and watch them. It's uh, we're lucky to to have it. I mean, I'm not. New York is really, it's not my thing other than in the summer. I'm not a fan of the, of the snow after super dirt week. I'm, I'm done, but I'm lucky to to live in a place that's been voted literally the best sunsets in the world. I think we've been in the top five. So that's another thing that, that makes it really unique. And there's not too many racetracks that are built right on top of a great lake either and, and have the amazing view that we do in Oswego. That's that's one thing I noticed. I also noticed when you set off the back grandstands for the first time at Dirt Week, you think you're looking at mountains yep. off of Turn 1 after the bleachers end, but it's really a lake. It just looks like mountains, yeah. and it's it, yep. it, it freaks you out. You guys are definitely in a unique place. You host some of the coolest racing I've ever seen. If you haven't been to a super modified race, go. I'm telling you, just go. If you're even thinking about it, just take the trip. It's two and a half hours for me, and it's worth every penny of gas there and back and food and and, and and everything of that, the, the the richness of the Bud Classic weekend, you know, the the Whalen modifieds that I don't get to see a lot, the Isma modifieds I don't get to see a lot, you know, stuff like that. It's definitely so worth the trip out there. I can't thank you enough, Camden, for joining me today on my episode of Track Talk. Uh, you know, I appreciate you giving me your history, the history of Oswego, 
you know, your role in the track and stuff like that, you know. Oh, wait, one more thing I do want to touch on. How did it feel <laughs> to get that job at Oswego since you've been a fan your whole life and you've been there your whole life and stuff like that? Shocking. I didn't expect it at all. Um, I kind of, in addition to growing up uh, with a passion for racing, I kind of created my own passion for the PR side of things. And just I, I helped out a few race teams and uh, did some of my marketing stuff for our team. And I never expected to get an email saying, you know, John and Eric would like you to come in and, and consider this. And when I ended up getting it, I was just blown away. So uh, it's it's just an honor. Honestly, that's the only way I can describe it. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. You know, me and you were friends off the track, I would say, and, and you know, you're a great yeah. person. So I couldn't think of anybody better to represent Oswego and the and the Super Modifieds in the sport of asphalt racing up here in New York. So, again, I, I thank you very much for joining me. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you. And I hope the fans enjoy this because Super Modifies are really interesting. Oswego is really interesting. And it's more than just Dirt Week, folks. Just remember that. It's more than Dirt Week. So, you know, thank you. Thank you for coming on and talking with me. And I, I hope this year, hopefully, fingers crossed, I can get up to Oswego once they open. That's definitely on my bucket list of tracks that, you know, as my schedule gets condensed, it's a place I, I definitely want to prioritize. Yeah, you got it, bud. Hopefully we can see you up here this year. And thanks again. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining me.